While Devin White is still on the roster, his trade demand has a huge negative effect on Jason Light's strategy for next week's NFL Draft. That and more on today's Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So please subscribe or follow on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts for free. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am James Jarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my favorite co-host, Mr. David Harrison of Sports Illustrated's BucksGameDay.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. And of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at Jarko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Thank you, as always, for making a Lockdown Bucks first listen or your first view of the day. And a special shout out to all the everydayers who help make this the number one Buccaneers podcast in total downloads and viewers. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. Ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise? Then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on your app store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code LOCKEDON inside the game one former super bowl champion is trading back with a more recent super bowl champion in today's listener mock draft and we're bringing you dueling locked on bucks mocks but first devin white's reported trade request and jason light's non-denial of said trade request sent shockwaves through the bucks nation last week and the ripple effects of those will last until next weekend and the 2023 nfl draft james it is amazing to be saying nfl draft and next week oh thank goodness in the same breath um, I love all these mock drafts, but I am ready to react to actual picks. <laughs> um, another mock draft Monday before we get to the real one. We will get through all this. We will we will make this as entertaining as possible. But first, we did a buy-sell segment last week, something we don't really do a lot of here. Um, and we had some some Bucks fans uh, also get in on the action. So uh, one person, Devin Kramer, commented on that episode, quote, Whitey's going to play for the Bucs this year, but the Bucs are going to trade him at the deadline, end quote, which was interesting. NFL trade deadline trades, not typically all that big, um, but there have been some significant ones in the past. Certainly Robert Watson followed up and said, quote, I'll buy then sell in that order, which of course is what you did. It's also what I did. So a lot of us kind of see an eye to eye. But before we even get to next season or any future contract talks for that matter, James, there is the matter of this year's NFL draft again, coming up next week. Now, before the report of Devin White wanting a trade, before the Jason Light non-denial of his requesting a trade uh, happened, our Buccaneers draft priority list as far as position of need, and again, this doesn't mean you know number one need is the first-round pick, number two need is second-round pick, all that stuff, but just the positions that they need to address the most in the NFL draft. Number one was offensive tackle. Number two was a defensive end. Running back was third. A nickel corner was fourth. Backup safeties. At both positions were fifth, so I guess fifth and sixth, or 5A, 5B, whatever you want to call them. Linebacker after that, and then outside linebacker after that. Now, I know some people have outside linebacker higher, but the question really for this discussion is, where does linebacker sit now following these developments for you? I guess maybe it jumps up to fifth. It, it might jump the the backup safeties. You can, you can find probably uh, cost- effective backup safety 
more so than you would be able to find a potential starting linebacker to replace Devin White if he gets dealt. Uh, but of course, if he does get dealt, that also changes the uh, the, the priority of linebacker in this draft. So I would say as of right now, it would be more important to get a backup linebacker than a backup safety in, in terms of the NFL draft. But it, it's not more important than tackle. It's not more important than defensive end. I don't think it's more important than running back or nickel. So I, I would say pretty much where it is maybe jumps up one spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go a little bit higher there. And it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic and conversation, right? Because at the end of the day, the, the question still remains. Are the Buccaneers, I mean, okay, Jason Lyon Tabul said what? They're trying to win this year. Got it. But how realistic is it that the Buccaneers are going to, say, win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield and or Kyle Trask? I mean, I think most people would agree that likelihood is not very high. Of course, you'd also say that if I told you, you know, a few years back that Carson Winston get injured at the end of the regular season and Nick Foles is going to take the Eagles in the postseason, what would you say? They're probably going to get bounced in their first playoff game, right? They end up winning Super Bowl. So never say never to all that stuff. Um, but I think when you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the situation that their franchise is in right now, you have to look at this NFL draft, not just as a this year assignment, but also a next year assignment. So you're not just kind of looking at who's gone this year and the holes you need to fix. Now you also want to look ahead to the future a little bit because part of balancing the books is making sure that you don't have to break the bank to pay somebody you don't want to pay. And that's pretty much the situation we're in with Devin white. I mean, listen to the comments and listen to what's being said and what's not being said. You listen to Jason lights comments alone because Devin really isn't saying a whole lot publicly. Um, but Devin White wants out. He wants a trade and he's playing on his fifth year option. Typically, these types of deals are over money, over contract extensions and job security. And Jason Light says what? Hopefully we see what we want to see, what we think we can see out of Devin. And next year, everybody comes out a lot happier. Well, how would they come out a lot happier? The Buccaneers would come out a lot happier if Devin White played better because they would feel more justified in paying Devin White, most likely the money he's asking for which they're not comfortable paying him now. That's essentially what I'm reading between the lines. You go back through the season, Todd Bowles said at one point, unprovoked, mind you, that there were some people in the locker room still living off their Super Bowl success. And again, <laughs> we're not saying that's Devin White, but there have been other instances throughout the season. The Baltimore Ravens game uh, stands out as a particularly sore spot. There are just moments throughout the season where you kind of look at Devin White and really ever since Super Bowl, you're kind of like, are you coasting off of what you did that Super Bowl season? Because you were amazing. But let's be honest, since that Super Bowl, since Super Bowl 55, we haven't seen that level of Devin White since then, not even for a game, I don't believe. Um, so I think, you know, if if he wasn't the person, I think he's a person. So if you have Devin White and Levante David now both playing on, on expiring contracts, and I mean, again, I already kind of said this on, on a previous episode, our everydayers are going to remember it. I don't see Devin White being the kind of guy to kind of get this snub and then come back and say, okay, well, now you want to pay me. Now I'll take the deal. I think he's more likely to walk away and either force the Bucs to franchise tag him or just completely leave. How you protect yourself here in the Buccaneers is you prepare for that incoming situation and maybe you throw a little bit more money at Levante to keep him around another year next year while you develop a young linebacker. I think this need moves up to four. I think it comes between running back and nickel. And honestly, it's kind of tied with running back only because there are a lot of free agent running backs still, James that could come in and play number two to Rashad White and do a fairly good job if you don't land that guy in the draft. So because of that and the talent difference in available free agent linebackers and available free agent running backs, I almost make it number three. I I definitely get that 
that logic. Um, I, I would have, I would be hard pressed. I'll put it this way. I would be hard pressed to tell you why it's more important to draft a running back than it is a linebacker. There's reasons, but there's reasons for what you're saying as well. And you just laid it out that, you know, you do have two guys on an expiring contract. You have one of them who wants out anyway. Um, at the same time, you have an offensive coordinator that wants to, you know, what have we heard from Dave Canales and Todd Bowles and Baker Mayfield that they want to establish the run. They want to run the ball early and often. They're going to be a ground and pound team, all this stuff. They don't have the stable right now to do that. But you're right. There are more uh, effective on the field and on the books running backs available right now in free agency than there are linebackers. At the same time, you're looking at one-year deal for, for those kinds of guys, whereas maybe the, the running back that you grab in the in the draft, you have that guy for four or five years. Now you don't have to worry about it as much. No. It's, it's a murky situation, and, and this is why Devin White's timing of the demand and you know the demand in general puts Jason Light in a really tough spot because now that second-round pick that you could have used on a defensive end or a running back or a nickel corner might have to go to a linebacker position not only to be a backup but to groom that guy to be yeah. the you know the incoming starter in 2024. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, man. If I'm a general manager in the National Football League and I have a player that's essentially trying to force me to extend him earlier and or for more money than I feel comfortable doing so or using a franchise tag on him in the next offseason uh, I'm drafting his replacement that's that's what I'm doing if I'm an NFL GM we'll see if Jason Light does the same thing and of course those who are supporting Devin White in this uh, it's not a holdout but in this this request for a trade um, we'll see them drafting a linebacker early as just more of, of a reason why Devin White should want to leave it's going to get messier before it gets cleaner although to be honest with you i haven't seen a whole lot of people who are kind of taking devin white's side uh in this whole thing so far which is a little surprising usually it's a, there's a little bit of a split there so uh enough going back and forth over this again sometimes you know some people will have the need a little bit higher now some people may not have it as high uh that's fine against the eye of the beholder at the end of the day it's really going to be what best player available at a position of need you combine the two it's not one or the other so let's go over some dueling draft picks and let's see just how this shift in the Buccaneers team dynamic has impacted our views. We're going to do that coming up next here on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're going to do that thanks to our friends over at Ultimate Football GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talking about this mobile app game. And if you ever thought you'd make a good GM dealing with some of these circumstances, you've got to give this game a try. Because when you play Ultimate Football GM, you are in control of everything. Your players will even get in trouble, and you have to decide if you're going to find them, punish them, support them. If you're going to publicly uh, kind of call them out when you play Ultimate Football GM, you literally control everything as you try to create your dynasty. You start off with the worst roster in football and the number one overall pick. And from there, you got to keep your coaches or fire them. Keep your medical staff or fire them, scouts, players, all of it, and choose who the number one overall pick will be or trade back and stockpile a bunch of picks, which if there's not a franchise quarterback there, I would probably recommend doing that. You're doing it all in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free to play and playable offline. So no matter where you are, you can play this game and Locked On Bucks listeners. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you enter the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps in the game store. So make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. 
That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Bring the lots on bucks podcast first series first week of the day every day is tomorrow is the first day of workouts for phase one of the buccaneers offseason program so tomorrow we will be discussing who did and who did not show up and what it means over under uh i don't even know how to really frame this but over under 1.5 out of 10 chance that devin white reports for the first day of phase one tomorrow under yeah under take the under on that all day zero percent chance he shows up. dueling dueling mock draft i'll tell you what though if he wants to surprise everybody he shows up dueling mock drafts uh here on the lockdown bucks podcast here's how we're going to do this guys we're each going to make each of the first four picks for the tampa bay Buccaneers. it's a first round pick second round pick third round pick and the first of two fifth round picks yes we know there's two fifth round picks we want to lead the numbers even so we went with four picks um that's the reason we do it because uh, James Jarko is still yet to get me a fourth round pick for the Buccaneers, so I don't know what to do with it. Devin White, we're going to go. Devin White will get you a fourth. <laughs> That's true, but we're going to go back and forth. However, whoever we take cannot be taken by the other hosts. Therefore, so at number nineteen, if I take, uh, I don't even. I almost said Baker Mayfield. If I take Will Levis, James has to make the nineteenth overall pick, but he cannot take Will Levis. So whoever's off his board already in his own simulation is gone on top of who I took. So we, we did this. Um, I just realized I probably shouldn't have made a graphic for this. I'm apologizing. That is my fault, not James's. Um, but round one, James, we did a coin flip. You got the first pick. So at pick 19, you get to take a player off the board first. Who are you going with? Yeah, I was real excited when, when I saw who was available for me. You had Tennessee offensive tackle Darnell Wright. That's cool. You had Texas running back B. John Robinson. I was pretty stoked about that. But then you had Georgia offensive tackle Broderick Jones, and that is obviously who I took. And David, it goes back to what we talked about uh, last week, our everydayers will remember when we were talking about Bijan Robinson last week, when when you're stacking the tiers of these players at positions of need, and I put Bijan Robinson over a, a guy like Darnell Wright or, or Anton Harrison because he's in a tier all by himself, whereas you know Wright and, and Harrison are down in tier two, in my opinion, Broderick Jones is the number two offensive tackle, in my opinion, in this draft. He is tier one. That is a much more important position of need. That is the guy that I go with there. So as much as it pained me to then watch Bijan Robinson go to the Saints, I think the Buccaneers get a great, great player in Broderick Jones at 19. Yeah, look, there's not a lot of people that would not take Broderick Jones in that situation. So as good as Bijan Robinson could be in the NFL, uh, look, I mean, off the tackles, the number one need. You're talking about Broderick Jones being the top two tackle in, in this year's class. You got to take, you got to take that guy. You can't, you can't pass over uh, on that guy. So Broderick Jones is off of my board because James took him. So no matter what my board looks like, I cannot touch Jones. Darnell Wright, however, was still available for me, but so was Pitt line lineman, defensive lineman, Kalijah Kansi. And I know not a lot of people have associated Kalijah Kansi with the Buccaneers. I kind of wanted to look at him. I kind of dove in. I was like, could he be kind of that that defensive end? I don't really think like, the the dimensions aren't there. There's just too much risk, right? I don't feel like this this Buccaneers team is a team that can afford to take a guy who's kind of quote unquote undersized and see if they can't coach him up to be effective anyway. I think you need to take a guy that kind of fits what you need and kind of comes in and has the traits already. Then you just have to work with them. Clemson D lineman Brian Brissy was also available. He really gave me some pause. But again, offensive tackle is the number one position of need. Offensive tackle, there's a top tier to there. For me, that top tier ends with Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. 
And because he's still there, you only have one serviceable ta tackle without him. So you got to add him. Now you have two serviceable offense tackles in Tristan Wirfs and Darnell Wright. So that was my pick at number 19. Now coming back to 50, we're snake rounding this or snake ordering this. So I get to go first here uh, at pick 50. And with Levante David on that one-year, year-to-year contract track, and with Devin White apparently on his way out, either now trade deadline next year, uh, I can't leave the top three rounds of this draft, James, without a linebacker. Dayon Henley is probably at the end of that top tier of linebackers. Uh, Drew Sanders out of Arkansas is in there. Jack Campbell out of Iowa is in there. Clemson's Trent Simpson is also probably in there. They're all gone. There's a run on linebackers off my board, so I'm like, you know what? I got to get my dude now because this guy may need to be a starter for me next year or if kind of what i said in segment one comes to fruition devin white leaves maybe i convince levante to give it another run for me uh you know one more time for old time's sake and you know have uh have a uh, day henley there out of washington state playing a second year under levante davis tutelage give me another year to maybe stockpile that so uh pick number 50 i go day henley out of washington state yeah, when it got to my turn at pick 50, I really, really wanted to take Kansas State's Julius Brents. This is a guy who makes his money up at the line of scrimmage, being a very tough physical corner, six foot three, an 83 inch wingspan. Can you imagine that kind of guy in the nickel spot for the Buccaneers with Carlton and Jamel Dean on the outsides? That would have been a thing of beauty. But like you, the questions surrounding Devin White, the uncertainty of if Levante is going to be with the Bucs beyond this season and with Arkansas linebacker Drew Sanders falling into my lap at pick 50, that had to be the pick. The value was way too good at a position with so many questions surrounding it, even if he's just a backup, you know, at and you want your your first two round guys to be immediate impact guys. But even if he is just a backup to have that year, that learning curve. And to be able to step in and be the starter moving forward, I, I had to go with uh, with Drew Sanders at pick 50. All right, yeah, and like I said, Drew Sanders is not on my board, not available for me when I came up to pick. So pick 82, this one was tough, but I did eventually decide to go with the secondary, and I chose between Florida State safety, Jamie Robinson, Texas A&M cornerback, Jalen Jones. I went with Jamie Robinson. I basically want to get the best nickel I could. Jalen Jones not really a nickel corner but we have Antoine Winfield Jr. so worst case scenario here we drop Antoine Winfield down as a nickel we put Jamie Robinson there as the backup free safety to fill in when Antoine is, is is playing up one of the most complete safeties in this class according to a lot of draft reports so I feel more comfortable with Jamie than I do with Jalen when Jalen's probably going to be backing up maybe playing time or fighting for time with Zion McCollum uh, instead. So I went with uh, Jamie Robinson out of Florida State. Yeah, and uh, at pick 82, our everydayers know how I cried real legitimate tears that I had to pass on Illinois safety Sidney Brown in this spot. But when you have a potential franchise quarterback staring you in the face in the third round and he only slid because of injury, uh, you take him. So I ended up taking Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker. There's no pressure for him to start right now. He can get healthy. He can learn the offense. He can work with Dave Canales. He can work with Baker Mayfield. He can laugh at Kyle Trask throwing to people on the sidelines and members of the media. Hendon Hooker absolutely had to be the pick in the third round for me. Then yeah, moving on to, oh, go ahead. Fair. No, I was just going <laughs> to say that's fair. That's fair. Moving on to the first pick in the fifth round, pick 153. I did take a good long look at Michigan tight end Luke Schoonmaker. He did have a visit, a top 30 visit with the Buccaneers. They need a tight end. But 
Rashad White needs some help because I passed on Bijan Robinson. And so UAB's Dwayne McBride was my pick here. And mm. what's funny was he was actually in consideration for me in the third round. Yeah. Had Hendon Hooker not been there, and instead he falls all the way down. And the Bucs are able to get a guy with four or five speed. He ran for over 120 yards in 10 of his 11 games last season. To me, he's the the perfect uh, 1B to Rashad's 1A. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, I like it so much that I was going to make it if you uh, <laughs> if you didn't take him. But that's the rules. That's the rules here, right? And for the record, uh, you guys know I love Hendon Hooker as well and the idea of adding him to this roster. He went number 47 in my simulation too. Uh, the Washington Commander. So he wasn't even available for our second round pick, let alone our third round pick. James's board, uh, you guys need to hope that James's board is the one that falls more mm -hmm. closely to what the Bucs get. Um, I was going to go McBride. I also looked at Schoonmaker, but before I address the tight end depth, I did want to hit the defensive line. I feel like we need to go there as well. So I got myself a Nacho like role player. Not saying he is Nacho, but just a role player, a guy that you're not going to rely on to start, but a guy who can come in and potentially develop in the future with San Jose State defensive lineman Viliami. Fahoko. So, James, here are our classes. I did go ahead and make a graphic for this. You got yourself Broderick Jones. You got Drew Sanders. You got Hendon Hooker. You got Dwayne McBride. I got Darnell Wright, Dayon Henley, Jamie Robinson, and Viliami Fahoko. Florida State fans like my mock. Tennessee fans like either mock because they're getting uh, one of their players to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got to be honest with you, though. I like your mock better than I like mine mine was all about how the board fell. My board fell far more favorably than yours did. Uh, I, I can't imagine that you would have made too many different decisions than I did had your board fallen that way. So overall, I, I think we both did a good job with the hands that we were dealt. We both addressed, uh, you know, you addressed the trenches a little bit more than I did, but we both addressed positions of need with some really, really talented players. The biggest difference was I got, you know, one of the top rated tackles plus a potential franchise quarterback uh, because my my simulation loved me. <laughs> All right. Well, we gave you our dueling mocks, but it is time to see what one of our listeners did in our latest listener mock draft submission. That is next on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. <laughs> things up here on a mock draft monday edition of the locked on a box podcast and you guys know our everydayers know it is not a mock draft monday without a mock draft submission from one of you all and this one comes in from cool kev and that's cool with a k cool kev and he makes a a big first round trade sliding back 12 spots with the kansas city chiefs he trades pick 19 to kansas city for picks 31 and 63 and even Sliding all the way to the last pick in the first round, he gets Oklahoma offensive tackle Anton Harrison. David, mm -hmm. your thoughts on your uh, surname namesake going to the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers after the big trade back? Yeah, I mean, look, the name just just reeks of excellence. So <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way that the Bucs can go wrong. No, look, Kev, I think did a really good job. Um, you know, again, like we said with all your guys' mock drafts, if we can't, simulate your trade ourselves then unfortunately we can't put it on the air right we got to try to keep this within the realm of likelihoods and possibilities this trade went through uh without a hitch pick 19 you move back to pick number 31 you net yourself pick number 63 um and i've kind of been on record saying like pick 45 to 60 that's like the sweet spot in this draft there's a lot of talent that's going to go in that window here we go to 63 so we're kind of right outside that window that's fine because surprises happen 
maybe a couple quarter. I mean, Tanner McKee out of out of Stanford. I've seen six, seventh round projections on this dude. I've seen day two projections on this dude. Who knows where he's going to go? Um, and the NFL is always crazy with quarterbacks. But anyway, if some players get pushed out, then uh, then you know that's going to work out really, really well. So. Plus, you get Anton Harrison, who to me is the top tackle in that second tier of tackles mm-hmm. in this year's class. So you get yourself another day two pick. You trade back, which you know I'm always kind of a fan of, depending on how the board looks. But you also get the next best guy outside of the first tier of tackles. And I think that that's really the best you can ask for from a trade. Yeah, and I mean, you were asking for a fourth rounder. You know, cool Kev, did you want better? He got you uh, an additional third. So moving on to day two, he does get in interior offensive lineman Steve Vila from TCU at pick 50. I know that's your dude Uh, at pick 63. That one that he picked up from Kansas City, he gets tight end Tucker Kraft out of South Dakota. And then he's I'm pretty sure cool. Kev is pandering. He pandered to you at pick 50 with Avila. And then he panders to me pick 82 safety. Sidney Brown out of Illinois. Again, I think this was a great job by Kev where he he addresses the interior of the trenches after addressing the exterior of the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, gets another tight end to replace Cameron Brait, compliment Kate Otten, and then of course Sidney Brown, he's you know, he'll be a rotational guy as a rookie. He's going to learn the defense, have to play catch up with uh with Todd Bowles system which we know is a very difficult one for uh, safeties and corners, but he's a versatile guy. He'll get in on special teams. He will have an immediate impact as a rookie. Absolutely. You know, I'm a big fan of Steve Avila, but I want to talk about Tucker Kraft. This guy, he, I mean, when you look at kind of the way the NFL tight end position is going, he's a guy that kind of fits that position, which is weird because he didn't have this great prolific college career. Started off his time uh, at Penn State, obviously ended up with South Dakota State, and there's kind of a reason for that, right? But I think to a certain extent, that's where the college game is not necessarily matching the NFL game. And and look, you look at some of the best tight ends we have in the National Football League today, not a lot of them were great collegiate players. So I wouldn't be too concerned with the fact that Tucker Craft wasn't like the sexiest college name uh, coming out. In fact, sometimes, I mean, again, I'm not trying to beat down O.J. Howard here, but O.J. Howard is, is just kind of one of the latest examples. Sometimes the bigger quote-unquote tight end names don't really pan out, which is why Dalton Kincaid should be the number one tight end on everybody's board. But uh, solid for first two days, James. Day three, uh, we wrap this thing up. We get ourselves a wide receiver. We get a running back in Keaton Mitchell, and I put air quotes around that, even though you can't see me right now, um, because I just this dude's just he's a football player. Like just put the ball yeah. in his hand, get him in space, and see what he can do. Ivan Pace Jr., a solid linebacker, off-ball guy who could become uh, a potential backup, compete with KJ Britt for snaps early on, and we'll see what happens. Uh, we double down with linebacker. You see Abdul out of Louisville. We get Jalen Redmond to man the defensive line out of Oklahoma, and edge rusher Thomas Incum out of central michigan so james your thoughts on the day three pool of players and then uh the class as a whole uh i i like the addition of a wide receiver we've talked about how wide receiver depth is something that the buccaneers definitely need to address it's not in our top five needs or or our priorities in terms of draft position uh and of course love keaton mitchell love keaton mitchell out of east carolina because like you said he's a football player he's not just a running back he is a dude and uh, he will he will be a weapon all over the field for Baker Mayfield and the Bucks offense. And then I like doubling down on linebacker. We've spent a lot of this episode talking about the uncertainty there. You know, you you have a better chance of winning the more uh, the more tickets you buy to the uh, to the lottery, right? So uh, Pace and uh, and Abdullah, both guys 
who are relatively local to me and uh, both can have solid impacts. And again, they have special teams impacts as well. These these are guys that could and will contribute on special teams. So all around, I think Kev did a really good job. Yeah, it's a solid class. And I mean, I like, you know, if you're not going to linebacker early to kind of prepare for the impending replacement that you need, you double down later and you get two guys. And like you said, you get more tickets to the lottery. Hopefully you hit on one of those guys. If not, I mean, you might have to end up prioritizing the position next offseason slash NFL draft. And, and again, I mean, as much as, you know, it would pain everybody to see Levante David right off in the sunset, Devin White go sign somewhere else. Um, you know, there are were quite a few linebackers who uh, who changed hands this offseason. Some of those guys are on one-year deals, so they, they might be free agents again mm-hmm. uh, next year. The only thing I don't like, uh, no corners. I want to see a corner in the class if I'm if I'm looking at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers draft class. But that's, I mean, that's a very small complaint to put. Uh, a very solid effort there by Cool Kev. Appreciate you. Kev has a lot of confidence in Zion McCollum. Kev is a believer. Hey, so do I. I'm a believer in Zion too. Feel the yeah. need. Didn't feel the need. So I got your back. Cool, Kev. Uh, thank you, Kev, for sending in the mock draft course. You all have one more shot. One more shot to get your mock draft on the show. And of course, you can do so by sending it in to lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com or send it to the DMs on Twitter at lockedonbucks. But we want to thank you again for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. And for our everydayers, tomorrow is the first day of Buccaneers Phase 1 of the off-season workout program. We are going to come back with some thoughts on who did and who didn't report and of course we will have plenty more to discuss make sure you are checking out all of david's work over at bucksgameday.com check out mine over at bucksnation.com and of course follow everything on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at d harrison 82 hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day stay safe stay healthy fire the cannons we thank you so much for joining us right here on locked on bucks part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.